Andy Rooney's eyebrows. Well, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And Jim and I were both observing that we both were engaged in a lot of labor this weekend. <laughs> this week. Yeah, of course. It's not unusual in a college town for there to be moving, moving in, moving out. You've or as Shaky Jake used to say, I'm on the move. I'm on the move. On the move. On the move. So it's gotten very busy in town, obviously, traffic wise and events and activities and weather. But yeah, you moved for the first time in years. Yeah. Yeah. I moved a mass quantity of things uh, from one place to another as well. And my daughter Lillian moved in. Yeah. Well, luckily, I got strong muscles, but eventually it's your hands that get to you when you're yanking the boxes. Yeah. Grabbing uh, bags and whatnot. It's the grip that lets you down eventually. And, of course, some of the weather last week was not the uh, most ideal for uh, moving things yeah, around. We, but, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, climate change doesn't exist. It's a figment of Sarah Palin's and Rick Perry's imagination. We'll deal with them in upcoming weeks. Uh, Dick Cheney may be our first uh, mode of attack here. He, of course, uh, did a couple of uh, television appearances last week. Gotta promote the new book. Looking more and more like Mr. Burns. Every... Yeah, he really is. He's I mean, if he had a slimming of... down. Well, he's dying, basically. <laughs> <laughs> he's not soon enough. It's it's too little too late for Dick Cheney to die. He should have died 30 years ago. If he just had a few warts on that bald head, he'd... Or well, liver he... spots. <laughs> he looked just like... Mr. Burns. Well, I remember during Excellent. the vice presidential debate when he and uh, John Edwards uh, did the televised sit-down, you know, comfy debate, uh, he kept putting his fingertips together just like Mr. Burns. Did he? It, oh, yeah. Wow. Throughout, you know, just the only thing missing was excellent. I didn't notice. I don't. I didn't. I don't remember the Edwards uh, Cheney debate. Unfortunately, the Lieberman Cheney debate sticks out in my mind, and Lieberman. Uh, well, let's just say he needs to go back to debate school. We could stand some he speech glasses. Horrible, and he's you know he's actually a fairly articulate, uh, thoughtful dude normally, but he was his performance was uh, less than inspiring, and uh, way too gentle on the uh, bad thinking of the Republican Party. But for Dick Cheney to kind of go back, justify torture claim that the in invasion of Iraq was no big deal or whatever he said and defend all of this nonsense is, uh, yeah, you know, his memoirs speak for themselves. Well, have you looked at the book at all? Haven't read it yet. Haven't uh, had time. But I I'm... haven't read it, but uh, I did peruse it and read about really? a chapter. Yeah. Oh, okay. While I was waiting for uh, my daughter to do some shopping at the bookstore. I read about a half a chapter and i flipped to the early stages of the first gulf war mm -hmm. first of course i admired all the photos but um <clears throat> the thing that struck me in the uh passage that i read was his description of saddam hussein's use of uh the sort of clumsy uh, largely ineffective uh, scud missiles mm -hmm. uh, which were directed at israel and of course saddam's trying to pull israel into the war forcing them to retaliate and should have been named Dud Missiles. Dud but. Missiles. They were really not that good of a product. Of course, the Patriot Missiles weren't that much better. They were also at a pretty high inefficiency rate. That's another topic. But not off by uh, 20 miles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I just received a message from Dr. Kissinger. <laughs> Has uh, some happy comments there. Of course, he's a longtime fan of the show, uh, Dr. Kissinger. Dr. Kissinger, and of course, he's out with a book uh, himself. Uh, yeah. Of course, he's got many, many books, uh, but I think his latest one was about China. Indeed. But uh, to finish this passage yeah. on Cheney's book, uh, he was saying, and this is a, a direct quote from the book, um, Saddam, comma, no fool, comma, wanted to lure Israel into the war. And of course, this would have been an effective strategy for Saddam if he could have done so. It would have probably unraveled the uh, Bush the First uh, coalition. Uh, very, which very, in a very minor way, though. In a very minor yeah. way. The, the, the <laughs> bone I have to pick with Dick Cheney here is that Saddam Hussein, like Dick Cheney, is a fool, was a fool. Saddam Hussein was a fool. He was also a tool. Uh, Saddam Hussein was a fool because he bought the sort of weird uh, insinuation from uh, America's ambassador to Iraq at that time, a woman named April Glaspie, that it would be no big deal. There's that phrase again. Yeah. Uh, it would not be uh, something that the U.S. would react hostile against if Iraq would reclaim Kuwait as its 18th province. And sort of gave yeah, because her of, position was that we quote unquote have no position on Arab Arab disputes. Exactly. So it, this was called the green light for the invasion, and of course it was in all likelihood uh, a trap, a trap, a trick, yeah, uh, a bait. And of course he he went for it and uh, a, a bait. But it's also important to remember that Bush the first uh, Cheney, of course, was. Uh, the Secretary of Defense. Defense manager. Yeah. Uh, the Secretary of War, as we like to call Indeed. it down here. As it used to be called. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's important to remember that it was, you know, the, George H.W. Bush's response uh, to the initial invasion was somewhat tepid for a couple mm -hmm. of days. And it was actually Margaret Thatcher, who coincidentally happened to be in the United States at the time, that made the big uh, stink about it. Now, behind the scenes, it's quite well known that uh, what really happened, and of course it's important to understand the big picture in these things, is the Saudi government went behind the scenes and pretty much told Great Britain, we're taking our money out of your economy if you don't get Saddam Hussein out of Kuwait. Because of course the Saudi royal family had a, a close uh, uh, genetic as well as uh, figurative connection to the royal family of Kuwait. Mm -hmm. And it's well been established that the British and American Empire, for that matter, uh, over the years have made many secret deals with the uh, ruling elites of the Arab world regarding protection, um, oil for protection. In this case, of course, it's capital. Uh, the British and American economies over time have become very dependent on the international flow of money uh, petrodollars, so to speak, literally back into the into the Western economy mm -hmm. uh, for the purposes of investment. Uh, the percentage of the British and American economies that are actually owned by the Arabs is uh, probably not an issue that's discussed much uh, in any uh, of the elite circles in Washington, D.C., let alone the national Cer media. Certainly not in the media, right. Yeah. And that hidden hand in in in. in about that war has never been uh, explored sufficiently, in my opinion, and I doubt that Dick Cheney went into it. 
Um, no chapter at all about the secret energy commission meetings that I've been complaining about for years now. But Saddam Hussein should have been in his bunker early on telling uh, the propaganda minister, Mandrake, the redcoats are coming. <laughs> he should have known better. He should have understood the, the power th uh, aspects of what happened. And it, by the way, it's no secret that the Saudi royal family was heavily involved in... Uh, Encouraging Saddam Hussein to uh, start the Iran-Iraq war. Indeed. With American Another reason winks and nods. Saddam was a fool. Yeah, a fool, a tool, but not a mule. Uh, he was in, inadequate when it came to manual labor, and of course, he was pretty good at shooting guns off with his uh, German... <laughs> Chapeau. His crazy sons. Yes, his crazy sons. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, Dick Cheney uh, will go down, and and it's it's appropriate that, of course, uh, some of the critique of Dick Cheney noted that uh, he won't be going on an international book tour. Oh, and there's reasons for that. Yeah, <laughs> he has the Doctor Kissinger problem, indeed, so to speak. Uh, there are extradition uh, extradition treaties that uh, prevent him from traveling securely to certain countries. As for Dick Cheney's claim that he, he and George Bush. The wanker, H.W.'s son, uh, I thought uh, the monarchy w uh, was a concept that America abandoned more than 200 years ago, but apparently not. Of course, Bush's uh, election and re-election uh, have some troubling... Uh, <clears throat> Still somewhat suspect. <laughs> yeah, connections to the Diebold Corporation and vote counting. Uh, remember that uh, Joe Stalin once said, it doesn't matter who votes, it matters who counts the votes. And uh, we've seen some problems with vote counting, by the way, in uh, some recent uh, local elections in Wisconsin in one uh, particular yeah. district that uh, made all the difference in the balance of the Senate race. Uh, but uh, the idea that Dick Cheney doesn't understand the uh, destruction that he's created in the Middle East with this uh, misguided Iraq uh, war and the idea that he kept us safe is uh, false. Uh, George Bush was president, Dick Cheney was vice president, when 9-11 occurred. Uh, and there is more than adequate information indicating that uh, the Bush administration had already planned on invading Iraq um, before 9-11. And uh, they were asleep at the switch based uh, on all the available historical intelligence right. regarding the uh, Osama bin Laden threat. And uh, what Al Qaeda was up to. Uh, well, that's the best thing you yeah. can say is that they were asleep at the switch. I mean, that's the most generous comment yeah. that you can make. The other, you know, troubling aspect, and I'm not one who believes in the orchestration conspiracy theory, uh, but certainly th there is a lot to uh, pause and think about with regards to the we know it might happen, let's let it happen and use it. Theory yeah. of conspiracy. The Reichstag is, fire. Exactly, mm -hmm. which is entirely plausible. Very plausible. And, uh, well, we'll refute Dick Cheney's book in upcoming shows when uh, we've read it and can dissect its uh, mendacity, its its falsehoods. And uh, I forgot to look if, if there was an index. I suspect it's not indexed. Uh, oh, there's yeah. There's a famous... Uh, Kurt Vonnegut uh, comment, one of his, his characters in uh, 
Cat's Cradle uh, comments that you can tell a great deal about the book, its author, and editing uh, by simply looking at the index. And, uh, mm -hmm. of course, that's very true. Um, so, again, another reason to eventually paw through that fairly meager tome. It's not as lengthy as uh, I would have expected it to be. Well, Dick Cheney has never been an intellectual. Uh, he's been an apparatchik for a, a very scary... Uh, entity in the American government. And a hatchet man. A hatchet I mean, man. A, a, a shotgun man. <laughs> yeah. No uh, pictures of that episode either. I did look through the pictures. <laughs> Kimo Sabi. <laughs> okay, Tonto. Yeah. Get uh, back to the uh, rear. And, of course, it's interesting that there was a uh, certain... I don't know if Cheney goes into this, but I think one of the things I'm going to look for is his... Uh, his explanation or his perception of what happened during uh, uh, George Bush's, uh, W. Bush's second uh, term, where there apparently was a bit of a falling out between mm -hmm. the two over certain issues. Uh, Cheney, of course, uh, another issue that he talked about in his interviews was the Scooter Libby nonsense. Cheney, uh, once again, misstates the facts. The people that were involved in the leaking of the information were Carl Rove, Scooter Libby, and Richard Armitage, a long-standing member of the so-called secret team, uh, something we can also discuss in a future Gray Matters show. Uh, much uh, chit-chat. Uh, of course, Barack Obama was in the area today giving a sort of pro forma speech down at Hart Plaza um, because of Labor Day. And, of course, he's got an upcoming uh, speech this week about... Uh, the economy and the job situation, and uh, I think that uh, I guess what I wanted to comment on a little bit uh, and talk a little bit about is is what I need to hear from Obama or what he should be talking about because I think he look. Let's face it: in fifty years from now, more will be written about Barack Obama as president in terms of scholarly work probably than any other presidents except for George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and Abraham Lincoln, who has by far the most uh, scholarly books. Barack Obama, uh, of course, is confronted with a, was confronted when he was inaugurated in January of uh, 2009, essentially, with one of the worst uh, economic and national security situations that's ever, a president has ever inherited. And he's handled certain things well and other things I think poorly, but he's been way too bogged down in this notion that he can somehow create uh, bipartisanship. I think he's made political mistakes. I think he understands the issues, has a fairly coherent vision about what he wants, what he wants to do. But I think he has a very poor understanding of the political machinery in Washington, how it works, and what he's confronted with. Earlier this year, I was reading a. Uh, an excellent scholarly book uh, by Eric Foner, uh, a Reconstruction slavery historian expert that uh, recently wrote a book about Abraham Lincoln talking about the slavery problem uh, and the race problem that he had to, conf uh, had to deal with uh, as he fought the Civil War. And what is striking to me about both Lincoln and FDR's situations, these of course were the two previous presidents that uh, dealt with the biggest crises in American history coming in as president, mm -hmm. slavery, the Great Depression, and eventually, of course, FDR had to deal with uh, Adolf Hitler, who uh, 
you know, was trying to take over the world, um, was that both uh, Lincoln, because of the secession of uh, South Carolina, um, both FDR and Lincoln had huge working majorities in Congress. They could get done what they needed to get done. FDR had to jawbone with Southern Democrats to get his uh, 100 days passed. And Barack Obama has been confronted with a far different congressional situation. And I think he has spent way too much time. He has proven over and over that he is an adult, but he cannot continue to delude himself that he can work with these guys. He needs to explain to the American people that it is Congress's job to pass these budgets, deal with the deficit, and get the revenue under control. It's not his job. He can be part of the negotiating process. That's their job. They're not doing it. It's right there in the Constitution. It's right there in the Constitution, and that's what's so ironic about these morons in the Tea Party. You cannot persuade idiots, and many of these uh, Republicans are complete idiots and fools and sinners. You can't win them over sometimes, and you got to move on. you got to do what you can do. You have to. Uh, there's a prayer that uh, appears in many, many uh, kitchens throughout the Midwest. You probably know it. Something about accept the change and yeah, the get, courage. Grant me the courage to uh, face the things that I can change yes. and to accept those that I cannot. Right, and the wisdom to know the difference. Wisdom to know the difference. Right, and that is what Obama needs to. He needs to get back to that a little bit because he has gone way and spent way too much time he's with, been too much time on defense in responding yeah. to uh their intransigence which i don't know if if a democrat had said out loud some of the things that republican legislators have said right from the get-go of the obama administration namely uh, who is the senator who said that my goal is to make sure that this president fails mitch mcconnell yeah and republican so, leader if a democrat had said that during the reagan era yeah he would have been Maybe shot and certainly roundly chastised even by his own party members as, well, that's not really in the spirit of, you know, representative democratic government. Yes. And and of course, Barack Obama has the unusual problem because he is the first African-American president of the, the, the perception of race. I think Obama has handled the quote unquote angry black man problem fairly well. Uh Sociology, sociology scholars have talked a lot about this issue, that Obama can't come across on television as the quote-unquote angry black man. Uh, Barack Obama's presidency, ironically, started to, to unravel a little bit when he got involved in the Henry Louis Gates controversy, if you'll mm -hmm. recall that incident. This, of course, turned into the quote-unquote beer summit, in which I observed that none of the three knew anything about beer, Based on their picks. Yeah. So the outcome of the beer summit was uh, not going to be promising. Um, that's just my comment. But I think that Obama needs to create a message to the American people about what I've done. And, that, okay, that, that game is over. He needs to reiterate what he said in his first news conference. The party is over. We need, in the American economy, regarding uh, the restructuring, we need to have some perestroika. We need to have some readjusting uh, and reawakening, which is, of course, a, a uh, Christian word mm. with coded meaning. Of course, uh, Rick Perry is uh, going to be uh, dealing all kinds of cards in the reawakening. 
Uh, there's been more and more uh, indications, by the way, that Rick Perry is a big believer in the second coming. Um, oh, clear. I am sure he's part of uh, Bush the First uh, advisor Jim Baker's, you know, Christian Death Wish uh, League. Yeah, those uh, Armageddon end timers. So he he needs to get he needs to talk like an adult to the American people about the real problems that we have. Our problems are not Anthony Weiner and text texting. By the way, uh, they're not uh, all the the trivia that the media has been focused on here it, 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 it is you know we're going through a transition in our economic history and of course the media is going to spend the next several weeks going over 9-11 the anniversary unfortunately they did will, will not and have not gone over the 40-year anniversary of Richard Nixon Richard Nixon um, going off the Bretton Woods economic standard and the problems that it created with stagflation. America's got two main problems. During the Vietnam War, it was called guns and butter. You can't pay for both. Well, our problem, butter, what is it? It's oil, it's fat. We have a problem with war and oil. This is why we're broke. We're not broke because of Medicare or Social Security. Those are problems that are way, way down the road. They're demographic uh, related and America can tweak the system to deal with those problems assuming that we want to continue those entitlement programs our country has a jobs problem and the jobs problem is connected to overpopulation globally the international trade system that uh, has been promoted uh, throughout uh, really the history of the world and Obama and nobody can snap their fingers and change the system as much as we'd like Obama needs to educate the American people about where he's going now and in the next year or two, what his vision is. He needs to get off this deficit uh, obsession that the media has some, somehow come up with, and he needs to explain why we're $14.5 trillion in debt. And quite frankly, it's been the policies of Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, and George W. Bush that have led us where we're at. The fiscal policies, the misplaced priorities, and the continuing expansion of this unsustainable American empire with military bases scattered over the globe and our unwillingness to leave people alone and let them settle their affairs. It's time for America to make a break from the recent past. This is a sordid history that started in 1947 with the creation of the National Security Council and this obsession that America has about a Pax Americana that these um, Washington pseudo-elites keep talking about, that we have to do this, we have to do that. No, we have to start doing less of this and that and have to start focusing on our problems here at home. And that's what Obama's got to lay out. He needs to... Be realistic. Uh, he needs to, uh, you know, present a realistic message to the American people. And this this idea, this this rhetoric, this debate that we're having about whether Obama needs to quote fight more, or um, you know, make 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 firmer stands, I think is is uh, is is part of what he does need to explain. It's not fighting. It's drawing the line in the sand. Uh, this is what I'm going to veto. 
and get these things taken care of. Do your job, Congress, and get um, get the Republican Party to finally realize that Barack Obama did not create this mess. This has been created over decades of misplaced priorities and delusional thinking. Yeah, indeed. And just as a sort of small sample example of uh, the very problem you're talking about here, just last week, the Commission on Wartime Contracting in Iraq and Afghanistan has released a report. Uh, this is from the uh, September 1st uh, Financial Times. Quote, it found that at least $31 billion had been wasted through poor planning and management, the equivalent of $12 million a day since the invasion of Afghanistan. $12 million a day? If $12 million a day were designated towards job creation, or infrastructure rebuilding, school enhancements, any number of things which everyday working Americans uh, can identify with as needs. We've seen cutbacks in fire departments, in police departments, um, in all manner of the simple fabric of society, things that we've come to uh, take for granted, like high school football. Uh, these are all things that are now because of this Republican obsession with fiscal responsibility and cut, cutting the budget. Too much fat. We're losing the very fabric of society itself and continuing to bleed uh, millions of dollars, billions of dollars per day, per month, uh, down sinkholes uh, in completely. Uh, I mean, this is money that's just gone. It's like wasted utterly it didn't even buy anything yeah and how appropriate that rick perry had to abandon uh jim dements who i like to call jim demented uh his little powwow in uh, south carolina um to go deal with a catastrophe in texas regarding the wildfires right quote and this is this is these are the reports that i've heard the texas uh firefighting brigade so to speak is completely tapped out um, they can't do anything more. And uh, I wonder if Rick Perry's been on the phone with Barack Obama requesting some federal assistance. Yeah, it's funny how that Obama works. Obama should kind of take the call and go, who? Who, who, who are you? You got what problem now with what now? Oh, You want money? Oh, wait a minute. I, I thought you were the guy that was uh, bragging about turning down the stimulus money. thought yeah. you just made a bunch of budget cuts in your paradocracy there in Texas. You're... Uh, you were an advocate of uh, secession, I, I seem to remember. You talked about it openly. Um, why don't you call John Boehner? <laughs> He's in charge of appropriations. Yeah, and of course with uh, Hurricane Irene uh, causing lots of damage. And as, Lee as well. Yeah. Not as much mm -hmm. as had been feared, thankfully, but uh, these things happen. And in fact, hurricanes are increasing in intensity and in number over the past few years. Uh, Perhaps, perhaps part of the uh, climate shift uh, crises the uh, Earth is undergoing. Uh, but uh, August 31st, a first report by Stephanie Kirschgesner uh, finds that uh, Democrats promising to fight a pledge by top Republican to offset any relief funds with other spending cuts. Eric Cantor, Republican majority leader in the House, said this week that any new funds Congress set aside to deal with the hurricane, estimated to have caused billions of dollars of damage to the eastern seaboard, uh, would only be approved if matched by spending cuts in other parts of the budget.
So let's start with uh, hastening the withdrawal from Afghanistan. That's my recommendation right there. We're going to have hurricanes. We're going to have natural disasters. We've got to have the money to pull communities back together to get them stabilized and functional again. Mm -hmm. This is the very basic uh, most function of uh, of government. And uh, if we can't afford to do that, then something's very, very wrong. And Obama today in his uh, Labor Day speech, I mean, I certainly specifically heard the the, the little uh, qu- quote about the infrastructure that w- needs to be performed now. Infrastructure is also needs to be construed as investment. It's very important to realize that. Uh, that's what infrastructure is. And when you have deteriorating um, storm drains, for instance, that, that are sometimes responsible for some of the flooding. Are urban areas uh, in which sewage, by the way, was uh, the sewage system and sewers were uh, uh, rated by scientists as the number one uh, invention over the past 100 years. Hmm. Um, if you will recall, Sarah Palin wants to party like it was 1773. Um, I seem to remember... Um, her holding up a sign like that while she held her uh, baby. At those Tea Party rallies last year, uh, lots of people died in 1773 from uh, cholera, from uh, inadequate sewage uh, uh, situations. Famous people died uh, throughout Europe because of sewage uh, and bad water. Uh, Bad water is, 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 uh, that's why we have to pay our taxes. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't want to party like it was 1773. No, I'll let, actually... I'll let Palin party like it's 1773. And by the way, uh, just for the record, I did see part of her, uh, Sarah in Alaska nonsense. I don't know whether she's going to announce for, for presidency or not. Who cares? Um, she's, uh, in show business at this point. Mm-hmm. But the, this woman doesn't even know anything about a, a campfire. I mean, she was throwing live wood. Yeah, even her Alaska credentials are uh, pretty <laughs> ridiculous. She thinks camping is about buying thousands of dollars worth of, of gear. And uh, where do we plug in this? Uh, you riding around on the ATM. <laughs> okay, that's uh, the NASCAR dad vote for you. Ugh. Where to begin? Where to begin? But Obama needs to kind of make a recommitment to a a new beginning. And he needs to acknowledge uh, that, look, I dealt with some health care issues. I dealt with the Afghanistan situation. Um, I've made and fulfilled some of my promises. They did the right thing with regards to Mubarak, too. And he Uh, needs to refute. And he's handled, you know, his foreign policy has... uh, Underrated uh, by the media. His performance there, I think, is much better. Uh, We're in far better standing in the world today uh, uh, than we were under the previous occupant. um, Boy, that's for sure. Where Dick Cheney... uh, I've always been confused whether he was Batman or Robin. Um, What do you think? Well, I think clearly uh, W was uh, the uh, boy charge. Yeah, it seemed like... Not the wonder. In 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 the first term, the youthful charge. Yeah, Bush was definitely Robin. 